Right now we're in the middle of a three-part series called Life Shared. And our hope is that in going through this series, you're going to be encouraged and equipped to share your faith with the people around you. It's also going to give you a feel for what Alpha is kind of like and to help you see the powerful resource that Alpha could be in seeing the lives of the people around you transformed by Jesus Christ. Today's video is called, You're Invited. And there's some amazing truths in this video about being a witness for Jesus Christ. If you haven't seen the first video, I would encourage you to go back later and watch that video as well. But for now, strap on your seatbelts because I know you're going to be encouraged by this message and God is going to speak to you. If you were to take away one theme in these sessions, I hope it's the idea that God's inviting you to play a part in His work of transforming lives. And as we talk about themes like sharing our faith, there's often another dialogue going on in our minds. Because we might find ourselves thinking, I'm not really sure I'm the best person for this. Or if I were to find myself in a conversation about faith, I don't know what I would say or how to even go about it. And so maybe for this or any number of reasons, we find clever ways in conversations like this to hear what's being said but not really let it apply to ourselves personally. Like for example, when I hear someone saying to me, God wants to use you to reach other people, it plays out in my mind more like what God really wants to do is use other people to reach other people. Or if we do embrace the idea that God wants to use us, the us he wants to use is probably not the current version of us. It's a future version who's more courageous or a version of me who's better at all this sort of thing. But the truth is God wants to use you and me today to impact the people around us. So as much as you're able in this session, as you watch and listen and discuss, consider what it means for your life, not someone else, you. And not the future you, not more courageous you, but you right now. That's the you God's inviting. I would say my first kind of living encounter with Jesus was in a jail cell in downtown Toronto, actually at the old city hall. I was being detained. I was juvenile delinquent, car thief, drug dealer slash addict, and uh, arrested on a whole bunch of different charges and really held for a while. It was going to be, it was a bad season. And uh, I was in, in a jail cell and had this encounter with Jesus uh, where he said, I, I love you. And it, it kind of it turned on a light inside my life. I, I, I saw things clearly for the first time. I, I remember waking up going, oh, wow, I'm in jail. Like, what am I doing with my life? And I, I realized that God was for me, not against me. And that itself kind of changed the trajectory of my life. And when I was finished a drug treatment center to get out of jail, I, uh, I went on a mission trip to Africa. And I had to get special permission from my probation officer. So I'm just coming right out of like juvenile delinquent land into this interdenominational mission experience. And the, the, the mission uh, place that I, I chose to serve with was really strict. 
and really strict sort of rule-based approaches weren't really the best fit for me. I was like not into them. So we had kind of like, we were like not jiving the whole summer. I kept getting what they called SBs, which are special blessings, which meant if ever you broke a rule or disobeyed or talked back, you would get this special blessing, which was an opportunity to work during your free time. So I was what they call especially blessed all summer long. And finally, one day approached where I, I was done working off my special blessings and we were given this assignment to tell somebody about Jesus using these little gospel tracks. And I was like, oh man, like I'm so not into this, but I knew that this was my first possibility all summer long of having some free time if I could just do what I was told. So I decided I would suck it up and I would just do what I was told. So I found this, uh, this girl, Fatima, and I said to her, look, I'm really sorry to waste your time. Like, <laughs> but if I don't do this, I'm going to be in trouble. So would you just give me five minutes so I could walk through this little gospel track with you? And she said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I, I walk it through like really basic, what I would describe as the world's worst gospel presentation. I just say, you know, God loves you, not you screwed up, like, oh, it's okay, Jesus. And then like, you know, do you want to follow him? And I remember her looking at me and just saying, yeah. I really would. And I said, oh, I, I don't think you understood it. So I started again and I did it again. But this time I didn't just read the headings. I read like the little paragraphs and some of the scriptures. And I got to the end and I said, you know, do you want to follow Jesus? And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, I, I really would. And I said, I, I don't think you understood it. And I did it again, you know, and I, and this time I did, I read all of it, even the little tiny print, even like the little asterisks. I even acted out one of the diagrams in the tract. And then at the end, very graciously, I finally let Fatima give her heart and life to Jesus. And the, the next day when I was reading my Bible, because I had to, I, I couldn't read it. I was actually crying and I was like, what's going on with me? And I realized that I had believed that God could save anyone because he saved me. I got that. But what would change my life and the trajectory of where my life would go is when I realized that God could use me to help save someone. That's when everything changed in terms of what I did with my life. I wish I could take you with me 25 years ago to this like drug addicted, <laughs> rebellious, like terrible, unkind, not very good human being when God invited me into this life of making others a part of how I lived. Because uh, then you'd see clearly that if he can use me, he can literally use anybody. But I, I do think that one of the things that Jesus says is that it, this is really more about him than it is about you. So I think even when we use our inabilities as an excuse from serving other people, it again, it places us at the center of that conversation. This has now become about me instead of about other people. So is there a way at moving our perspective to the needs of other people? Is there a way at even changing our posture instead of this being about, about you? How can I serve? How can I love? How can I reach? How can I connect? Uh, those are conversations that are worth having even in your own mind. Uh, I found the, the practice of this to be really key, even when I'm doing anything, even in my professional life, and I find the conversation in my head rotating around me, like, what about me? Will they like me? Am I good enough? Is this this? Is that that? Whatever. Whenever my conversation starts rotating around me, I change the dialogue inside my mind. And I change it to this. How can I serve here? How can I love here? How can I help people here? And as soon as I change the question even, it changes my posture. And then everything becomes easier. I remember many years ago, I was... Um, 
uh, in a basketball league, a women's basketball league. And uh, one of the girls that I played with on my team, we decided that we would train to run a marathon together. And so we went out for training runs regularly. And on that, the second time we were out for our first training run, um, this girl turned to me and said, oh, you're a, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And she said, so am I a project or a person to you? And I think that question is probably what we're all most afraid of when it comes to sharing our faith, is that we do not want people to be projects. We don't want to feel, and we don't want people to feel like we're bringing an agenda to the relationship. So I, I said to my friend, you're a person, you're not a project. And so she said to me, well, how about this? How about we run together, but you never bring up Christianity? And I said to her, so am I a person or am I a project to you? And she said, well, you're a person. And I said, well, then why couldn't I bring up my faith? It's a part of who I am. And we had this fantastic, really kind of clarification of what it means to be ourselves with each other. So again, I think it rotates around this idea of thinking that Christianity is something that I just add to my life instead of faith and Jesus being the center of my life. This is just a part of who I am. This is not like a thing, I'm an agenda that I'm bringing to this conversation. It's a part of who I am that I'm bringing to this conversation. And so we became fantastic friends, actually. And she actually became a follower of Jesus by the end of our marathon. But not because it was a project of mine, not because it was an agenda I had, just because I was able to share authentically my life and my relationships and the meaning of rotating my life around the person of Christ. Look, I mean, Jesus helped the disciples out with this one because the disciples were freaking out because they were like, we've just been given a command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we don't know how we're going to do this because we're freaking out. Like we're afraid they're locking themselves in rooms. They're like convinced people are out to kill them, which they actually are. And so they're not doing a very good job. And Jesus says to them, this is how this is going to happen. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses, which is to be my representatives, to be my martyrs even, to be my demonstrations in the world of what I'm like. And this is a promise Jesus gives those disciples, but also every disciple since. So if you're a follower of Jesus, this isn't on you. You might be just like those original disciples going like, like I'm introverted, like I've got my door locked, like I'm scared, like people are out to get me, they're going to crucify me if they know that I'm a Christian. And the reality is that even might even be sometimes true, but Jesus says the same thing to you that he said to those disciples that day. And it's this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses. So there's a power greater than you that will help you with the words at the time that you need them, with the inclination, with the ability to see the opportunities in front of you. It'll even surprise you on those occasions. But you can ask if you need power. You can ask if you need courage. You can ask if you need strength. You can ask if you need wisdom. And you can ask the Holy Spirit who will give to you in full measure whatever you need. When we get here, everything was a mess for us. I started like, suffering a lot of depression. And I told a lot of like, uh, 
taking my life. I leave my family for a couple months. I start like a drinking a lot of pills. I remember it was like a 22 pills per day. Suffering more than 10 panic attacks per day. Everybody in my family was like a falling apart. Like my daughter, my son, my wife. The family was like a mess. My parents coming here, it actually felt quite difficult because it almost like the roles shifted. They didn't know the language, they were immigrants. I was in a very unhealthy place myself and then I had to kind of step up and be almost like their mom. Through that also seeing my dad go from being my hero to being a broken person. And he would say things like, I hate you guys. I don't want to be with you. A friend of mine, he invited me to the church. At that point, I didn't go to a church, any church. I didn't believe in God. I just was like a lost. And I went to the church on Sunday and I hear about Alpha. And this friend uh, invited me to Alpha the next, the following Monday, and we came to Alpha together. It was a fantastic experience. And when I came to Alpha, everything changed in my life. I clearly remember the day that my dad came home and said, I I've been doing this thing called Alpha, and I thought, like, that's crazy. Like, my dad is doing something at a church. I couldn't deny the fact that my dad had changed so radically. I remember when he asked me to come to Alpha, he said, you'll meet people that will be healthy and good for you. And when he said that, I kind of thought, yeah, that's what I need. I just, I need good friends. I need healthy friends. The first night, I just remember being like, they're all overly friendly, but they're so good. Like, if this is true, like, I'm never leaving this place. During the last talk, I just remember saying like, okay, God, I have all this stuff that I'm doing. I just want you to take it all away. I don't want it anymore. I just want to follow you. I just want to do everything I can to please you and to bring people to know you. And I just felt this, this strength that I never had before to quit drinking and then shortly after the day after I stopped smoking and the weekend after I got baptized. I knew that feeling and I, and I was so happy because she got it. She, she got the, the idea, she was extremely happy. It's the happiness that you're never gonna see before. I am super thankful that you invited me to offer that. Thank you. <laughs> it changed my life. Like, like, like it changed everything for me. Thank you. <laughs> Was it me? <laughs> Thank you.
I remember when I was a new Christian in high school, I had this passion for God to use me to reach my friends. And at the same time, I was very aware of how little I had to offer on my own. And to be honest, 15 years later, not much has really changed. Like if I'm gonna join God in his transforming work, I know I can't do it without him. I need him to pour his love into my heart. I need him to give me the words to say, and I need his presence and wisdom for each situation. And I think that's where we need to land today. This reminder that God empowers us by the Holy Spirit. We're, we're not doing this on our own. When we say yes to God and begin to open our lives and make steps to share our faith, he meets us and helps us. We can find a great comfort in the fact that God the Father sent the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus promised, to help us. So we prepared some questions for you to discuss together. But before you finish chatting and move on to whatever you have next, I think it's key that you take some time as a group to pray together. So after some time of discussion, shift gears, and before you go, ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit to empower you with all you need. Oh, uh, is someone cutting onions here? Wow. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, um, those are some powerful testimonies. And... Uh, yeah, I was really blessed by that. And what Danielle, her testimony in the video, it just so resonated with me because in many ways I can relate to her story. I remember for me, uh, my first mission trip that I ever did was to Peru. It was almost 20 years ago now. Wow. And uh, I'd never really shared the gospel before with anyone. And I went with my school with this missionary couple. And I thought in going to Peru that they were going to share the gospel and we were going to come along for the ride. But we got there and uh, they turned to us and said, okay, who's up? And I thought, no, come on. And I just wanted to pack my bags and go home. But I thought, you know what? I'm here. I, I may as well, I may as well give this a go. So by the third day, I shared the gospel outside of Lima in this village. And uh, I fumbled through it. And I, I don't really remember what I said. I felt like I just so butchered it. But by the end, I just asked people, hey, if you want to receive Jesus Christ, then I invite you to put up your hand. Almost 30 people put up their hand. And it was amazing to see the church coming alongside us and inviting those people into a discipleship relationship. I remember going at home to our hotel that night and being up uh, on the roof of our hotel. And two truths really hit me hard in that moment. Uh, the first truth was this that this is what I was born for. God, God made me for this. This is my purpose, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And the second truth was this, and it equally powerful. God wants to use me right now. And that really hit home for me because I looked at my life, and at the time, you know, I was crippled by anxiety and fear, and I, I was... I was battling this addiction to pornography and I looked at my life and I went, wow, God wants to use me. And I, and I came to understand the fact that we don't need to be perfect to be used by God. God wants to use us right now. And I feel like that was so well expressed in the video that we just watched where Danielle's talking about, it's not about us, it's about him. And I think so often when it comes to evangelism, we so easily make it about us. We think about, well, I don't know what people are going to think of me. 
I don't know if I have what it takes to adequately share the gospel. What if people reject me? But the truth is, it's not about me. It's about him. And he has put his spirit inside of me and empowered me to be his witness within my life to the people around me. And that is a powerful truth. Why not take a moment right now to ask God to fill you and to use you as a witness? And then why not go out and invite someone to attend to Alpha at Lifehouse this fall? Listen, church, if you're not yet in a life group, I want to encourage you to go to lifehousechurch.ca slash lifegroups uh, to find a group that will work for you. Get connected. Experience the joy of being in community, of being known and loved by others and by growing together in Christ. We're, we're so excited that we're able to actually meet outdoors in person now. And I just want to encourage you to, uh, if you're interested in joining us, to go online and to register for that so that you can, you can worship with us outside of the Lifehouse Center. So check your email uh, for details about that. Church, that's it for this week. Whether we see you in person or online next week, we love you. We are so thankful for you. And we look forward to connecting again with you soon.